Greetings, nerds. This is Cena Nerd. I'm your host, Sarah Belmont, and with me, as always, is our Mr. Producer, Will Polk. How are you doing today, Will? Doing very well, sir. How are you this afternoon? I'm doing fine. You know, there's there's a lot of superhero stuff going on in the world these days, a lot of shows, and yet I binged something entirely out of the genre this weekend. Oh, yeah? What's that? <laughs> I did. It's it's more of an 85% binge. I didn't really watch every single episode. I, I skipped around a lot. Um, but I just randomly got sucked into the show Victoria, which I found on Amazon. But mm-hmm. it's it's broad. It's Masterpiece Theater. Ah. So it's this weird hybrid between The Crown and mm-hmm. Downton Abbey. Gotcha. Huh. Yeah. That sounds... Huh, that sounds interesting. I know, I saw, speaking of The Crown, I saw where I think one of the, I guess the actor who's playing uh, Prince Philip to kind of spill the beans that they may be coming back in November, so. Yeah, I saw that too, and it got me a little bit excited. However, I, I do like that show dropping in December. It's like a good Christmas treat binge. Yeah, definitely, definitely. But it's going to be so weird without Claire Foy. Yeah, it is. And, and Matt Smith, I, you've got, I've gotten so used to them as being the, being the leads. It's like, oh, just, just age them. Don't recast everyone. But I guess they, they wanted to go the other route. Yeah. I, I mean, I, I'm curious of how it's going to be because it's the only show that's doing that. So mm-hmm. I wonder if it's going to work, but only t- we'll have to wait until November. We'll have to, we'll have to. Yeah. I also, uh, this past week, I also, speaking of non, genre binges uh, football season coming up uh, my uh, favorite team the carolina panthers were, was the subject of uh, amazon's uh, all access this this, mm-hmm. this year and, yeah i uh, saw so, that yeah 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 it was really really good i know uh typically in the it, once these once training camps start of course there's the uh, well-known series uh, hard knocks focuses on some poor team that uh, sucked the year before and Here's their chance to come become relevant again through this show, at least for at least for during the month of August. But uh yeah, but the Panthers one was really good, just chronicling last season and uh, a lot of the behind the scenes stuff that transpired and I, I, I really enjoyed it. Got me got me my mindset up ready for football season since it's here. I'm sure that that's not why you're you're on today and and wanting to talk because and I quote for our listeners you sent me a DM this weekend which yeah. basically was just like we got to talk swamp thing cuz I have some yeah. thoughts <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like I want to hear them <laughs> yeah yeah you responded in kind and I was just like yes I I want to hear those as well it, it was an so the episode that air dropped on Friday, Anatomy Lesson. It it was interesting, but it's very jarring from watching shows like The Boys or Krypton, which we'll talk about later today, and watching this show. And I'm like, it is there's such a fracture of storylines going on, and all I really care about is the Abbey and the the swamp thing alex stuff and and there was a portions of this episode that was heavily about alec heavily about swamp thing and and then they're just like oh we're gonna throw in this blue devil stuff that makes no sense i'm still very confused why it's important to this show and i i feel like it's just wasting time along with all of the sunderland melodrama that they spiced in it to the point where he locks up Maria in a psychiatric ward, and I'm just like, yeah, he should have done that like five episodes ago. What's wrong with him? <laughs> yeah, yeah, and, and that's where I really asked. That's where my my DM to you because I had watched episodes eight and nine back to back, and 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 we we this really this episode really captured what happens when. The series is canceled while in production and not only canceled, but also episodes being reduced from 13 to 10. Yeah. It, uh, and we, 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 we started, we picked on that some point when we 
discussed episode seven, which I think was the last swamp thing we, we recapped. Mm-hmm. Uh, we did not recap episode eight. Eight, eight actually, uh, I thought it was a true bridge episode. It, uh, was a lot of just weird stuff with Sunderland and him hallucinating in the rot. And, uh, we did get some good stories without, with, with Abby going back to Atlanta, the CDC and some of the, I guess the conclave, their interest in what she's learned in, in, uh, in Louisiana. But, uh, when we get to this episode, just for the things you just mentioned, it was, I'll get the bad stuff out of the way first because that's where, where my thoughts were when I sent you that DM. It was just all over the place. And for a penultimate episode, it, I guess this is where having too much knowledge was a bad thing mm-hmm. as far as the behind the scenes stuff. Because if I didn't know all the, all the behind the scenes stuff, I still, I probably still would have been frustrated with the episode, but because I know what happened behind the scenes as far as the cancellation and then the reduction in episodes, it really like, it, it, it just stuck out like a sore thumb. For example, Blue Devil. And <laughs> part of it is the fact that uh, Dan Cassidy, Blue Devil is a character in the comics. I, I, uh, didn't really pick up on that point until I, 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 it was frustrating me to the point where I was like, okay, I got a wiki who is Blue Devil. <laughs> and so I discovered, oh, actually, there is a character in the DC universe that is mm-hmm. but Blue Devil, and it was just a blind spot. So it, 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 but even so, it really doesn't fall under the Swamp Thing, um, stories. It was more Blue Devil as a character. The backstory was created, but I guess they, it, to the show's credit, and if they had opportunities to go further, they were just trying to expand the universe in, in the DC universe that we have come to anticipate with, with all these shows, whether on DC TV, uh, where they bring characters in. But it just, it was just so for a penultimate episode, and if things had like gone the way they wanted, whenever they got word that things were not going to be able to unfold the way they should have, they should have like cut that storyline. Yeah, Yeah. I mean, what's the point of expanding a universe that is basically one and done? I mean, and honestly, the viewers here are watching it. We don't care about Blue Devil. We never wanted Blue Devil. We want to know about Swamp Thing. And I'm I'm glad you reminded me that this is literally the penultimate episode. I have no idea what we're building to. Like, a penultimate episode is that should have this this moment of revelation and there was kind of it but there was also more character building than anything that really occurred which which is fine for earlier episodes but at this point in time you're really building to your climax of your entire season and i didn't feel that during this episode i felt like it was much more of a character building episode probably a also a filler to bridge some of the gaps and get us get all those characters where they need to be. Yet at this point, I'm like, I don't really know where we're going. Mm-hmm. Next episode is going to be the end and then that's it. And mm-hmm. I mean, it's kind of unfortunate because there's a lot of seeds. Thank you. That, <laughs> <laughs> that they've planted. <laughs> Um, but I mean, really, all, all they're doing with the Blue Devil is just, it's just weed that needs to get torn out because it doesn't, yeah. it doesn't, it's so random. So, like, yeah. the Sunderland melodrama, I'll give you that because at least there's ties into Abby, where she comes from, who she was before all of right. this. But right. this whole Danny nonsense, that's all it is. It's just nonsense. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And the scenes that they had when the Blue Devil did come and was came to Abby and Liz's rescue, you know, that's that's not the Abby and Liz that we've known this season. Abby mm-hmm. has been a very proactive, very strong character, not one that needs to be rescued in the traditional trope format. And that scene was just like, okay, um one, they probably would have they were savvy enough not to get themselves caught in that situation. But two, it, it just 
given the tone and how they have structured this series building up to the really the seventh and eighth episode, it, I felt like I was watching a different series all of a sudden. And I was very disappointed because I really, really, this was a gem of a, of a series this year as at least the first half of it. And then because of having to, and we, and we talked about this before we saw that in episode seven, we saw the shift in the story and how they had to like, okay, we got to just completely like blow up the writers, the Bible and just redo it here on the fly to, mm-hmm. to basically tie up all these ends. Mm-hmm. And Blue Devil, Zanadu got the axe some time ago. Uh, we mm-hmm. haven't seen her. And so bringing this forward now, I'm like, okay, okay, I know y'all got to finish out Danny's story. Fine. But you didn't need to devote that much to it. The right. real thing, I, I guess that was my biggest qualm. And then also how the Sunderland storyline has sort of evolved and, and went from being very, very intriguing. And even with the I loved how they a few episodes back with with Maria and Lucia um, and, and they're working together to under to they basically take out Avery. You like, love that. I hated that, and that's the point yeah. where I'm like, this this show doesn't yeah. know what it is anymore. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. This is very manic. Right. Yeah. It, it is. It is. And I, again, and I, it, and again, it goes back to my earlier point. Because I know, I know too much. It, it definitely colors my viewership of it. And even if mm-hmm. I didn't know any of those things, to your point, it is very, very manic. Mhm. Yeah. I mean, speaking of manic and some of the good that was in this episode that I really did like and was really interesting. Yeah, it's a very bipolar series. Yeah. Is the whole melding between Alec realizing that Alec is in fact dead. I mean, mm-hmm. his what really happened that night out in the swamp was his the plants absorbed his consciousness mm-hmm. and created this other being. So he is literally a plant that thinks it's a man. He's not a man that is now a plant. Yeah. Um, even though that line was kind of like, I don't know if it was acting involved in that line or if it was like how it was all set up, but it kind of fell flat for me, but I, I'm starting to understand it. And I, what I really liked is how they melded that over into everything going on at home with Woodrow. I mean, yes. A lot of people walking away from this episode is like, this is a very Alec-heavy episode. Well, I would counter, actually, it's more Woodrow-heavy because he's exploring this specimen that he's wanted for multiple episodes to actually take apart and everything and yep. explore the science behind. And then on the flip side, you have Abby finally encounter Caroline, and it's just like, he doesn't realize that by keeping her at home by herself, he's not helping it. He's just making the disease worse. Mm-hmm. And by the end of it, she's taken her medicine. All of her All medicine. All of her medicine. Yeah. <laughs> Which was a very eerie scene. Yeah, it, it was. And uh, it clearly is going to be the catalyst to drive him over the edge to become Floronic Man. Mm-hmm. As, as and so, and, and to, I'm glad you brought that up and, and reviewing, uh, and preparing, preparing for the show. This story actually is a very, it's actually taken straight from the comics. They, they pretty much adapted most of the, uh, saga of the Swamp Thing number 21, which I think, uh, I know the, DC catalog is is on the DC Universe app, so you could probably read it there if you if if any listeners want to check it out. It the, the everything that we saw in this episode for the most part did happen in 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 the comic book, and so except for the Blue Devil stuff, right? Except for the Blue Devil stuff, correct, correct. But but and of course uh, the Matt having the accident uh, did happen in the comics. And it was just sort of nah. like, yeah. <laughs> sorry, continue. Yeah. Uh, 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 yeah. It, yeah. Go ahead. Uh, hey, I, you're, you're to be forgiven. It was a very bipolar show. <laughs> Episode nine was, so it, 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 it's, it's fair. Uh, the, the Sunderland, 
Sunderland's were a part of that. And so, uh, there, so being the penultimate show and being so all over the place, you're, you're completely right. It was like a journey to nowhere. I don't know where the journey's taken us for a penultimate show because I just feel like, I feel like the, the series has gone off in a different place than how it start, how it started off as. And, and now it's a very rushed finale and, and a lot of the interesting dynamics and story that built up that made this such a, a gem diamond in a rough show has it, it, that it's, it's starting to tarnish a little bit. I will say I probably enjoyed watching this more than teen Titans. I, I would agree. Yeah. Because teen Titans had a lot of other issues and for a majority of the season, this, the writers understood what the sort stood what the show was and what story they were trying to tell. It's just towards the end. And I think you called it um, out really good a few weeks back when it's like, no, clearly the writers um, realized what was going to happen. And so that's why they're scrambling. And it's becoming a lot more manic. manic. It is interesting, though, because in comparison to Krypton, where these last few episodes, I have felt like every single episode was pe- the penultimate epi- episode. I was just like, yeah. whoa, this is clearly building to somewhere. And it just keeps we just keep hiking this mountain. And I feel this momentum where we're going to eventually hit that b- breaking point, that climax. And it's going to be beautiful. And with this show, I'm just like, I don't. I don't really know what hill, what mountain we've climbed, and I already feel like I've gone over the other side. I'm doing extra laps now. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And I, yeah. I wonder, it, Will, if yeah. if maybe this show had dropped all at once, mm-hmm. would we feel more invested? Because the way it's written, it does it d- hasn't aired on the side of procedural since probably the first few episodes in this later half it's been much more ongoing narrative building so i just wonder especially in comparison to uh krypton which i don't need to watch that in one city and i enjoy watching it week to week yeah yeah i see i i actually have liked the fact that this show has been up to this point up once a week because I think the thing is, and I know we'll talk about the boys later. There's with, with a very well done show. I feel that when you binge something that has some depth to it, sometimes you can miss some of the nuances right. of, of, of the story because you're just, you're, you're just, you're just absorbing it all at once. And, and then, you, you get you just get sensory overload and and you really you're like damn this was good but a lot of the depth and layers of the storytelling get lost in in the in the, in the binging at least for me so I can't uh, and I'd love to hear from from folks if they feel they feel the same way so on the one hand yeah it's an endorphin rush it's like oh I can't I've been waiting for this series and it's so awesome that it's on and I can get it all done at once. But on the other hand, I feel that uh, when, it, when you do binge, when it's uh, such a well-done story, you, you do miss out on some of the layers and the nuances of it. So um, so from that regard, that's one of the things I like, for example, Doom Patrol. Uh, it was it – get you know, ha- having it come on once a week gave me a chance to really think back and, and appreciate some of the stuff and, and, and marinate on some of the things that happened during the story so that when we talked about it, I felt like I, I, I could do so in a, in, a, in a richer way than just trying to ram it through and then be like, um, oh, that was really good, and I like this, and I like that, but not really give more textured discussions about it. Yeah. I, I mean, I've had – I I feel a little bit differently just because I've had binges where I felt like because it was a binge watch, I appreciated everything a lot more then week to week where I have time to forget <laughs> or, or more importantly, then all of a sudden another thing catches my eye. And instead of yeah. wanting to return to this other show, I'm like, no, let me, I'm, I'm too busy over here. So 
when you let time like that pass, you give opportunity for somebody to kind of put it on the back burner and then ultimately forget about it, depending on how it's written. So it it is interesting, though, that these days with all these streaming services, everybody's having such a different approach to their original content. Most are dropping it all at once. But now, um, like DC, as well as Hulu, they drop episode by episode. I'm very curious to see what Disney will do, which which approach they're going to take. Yeah, I, I, I'm, I'm thinking they're probably going to, I think it depends on the show, honestly. Mm-hmm. I think some shows they'll probably, I think The Mandalorian, they'll probably do it weekly. That's just my guess. Whereas some, some of the other things on their series, their platform, they may just drop all at once. I, I don't think, I, I think TV is such a machine. Um, that it, they're gonna choose one way to, one approach and despite it working better for another show or not, they're just gonna use it. It's too much of a, once you figure out the formula, you don't mess with it. So I, I foresee right. that. Yeah. Yeah. I but mean, to your point, yeah. But to your point about the, that, about binging, I, I, I get your point about, there's other other shiny objects that are out there, but if it's, and and honestly now that uh, we are to the point with Swamp Thing where it is all over the place, then yeah, it definitely is easier for something to like jump in and and, and take that spot. Whereas uh, a Doom Patrol, yeah, it's it's not getting dislodged. Yeah, like I don't know, maybe Amazon drops the boys, and for some reason I thought it was going to be episode. Um, a week by week and they dropped all eight at once I've only watched four and which is really interesting because I've had time to watch eight I just haven't and I honestly I'm I'm very mixed about this show mm, me too because uh, okay that's that's good because the way I see it is this is really good writing Everything there, it's really an interesting world they've created. I mean, a lot of this, how they're twisting the the celebrity culture we've developed over the last few years and applying it to superheroes and applying it to um, especially someone like Starlight, all of the mistreatment she's received on the show and her getting her dream come true only to find out that, yeah, you've. It's toxic at the top. Mm-hmm. It, it's really, it's really interesting. And anytime I start a new episode, I'm like, oh yeah, this, this is good. I don't, hmm. I think though it unnecessarily airs on the side of nudity, violence, blood, and aggression. Like there's mm-hmm. something about it where it just gets to a point where I'm like, really? Is that mm. we got it like I got it five minutes ago, but you you're still going with this. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, why are you mixed? Well, I, I think the the manufacturer's shock value for like trying to we're going to basically take the tropes on their heads and we're going to do all the things that you just mentioned. For one, I think I I, I do like the the storytelling and the I mean I I, I I'm loving Billy the Butcher. I mean Carl Urban <laughs> <laughs> just give me a whole just give me an hour of him, I'll be happy. <laughs> uh I, I think some of the I'm still kinda of, I'm still having mixed feelings or how they how they treat women in the show. Uh. on the because on the one hand, I feel like yes, they are. They are like Starlight is a very strong protagonist, and and the things that she learns about stardom and and fame and everything and the less you know, there was obviously this is written in a, in a Me Too culture, post Me Too world where. Mm-hmm. She is, she, we see the, the, the negativity of fame and stardom because she has her quote unquote casting couch experience with Deep 
Mm-hmm. And him basically like, oh, you know, him manipulating her like, oh, you had a crush on me. Well, come, you know, come here and service me <laughs> and and all that kind of thing. So there's that. Uh, I mean, I've only watched four episodes, but. Oh, so you I, saw I, the deep stealing the dolphin and that plan going really south <laughs> real fast. I swear that is one of the biggest laughs yeah. I, this yeah. show got me yeah. because the expression on his face as he's watching, as they slow it down and they were like, <laughs> they slow mo the dolphin coming out the window. <laughs> and he's just like, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I don't know why it has to be yeah. so down, but it's hilarious. Yeah, and I've got to rewatch episode four because I was like, by that point, I was drifting in and out of sleep, but I did see that part and it did like laugh. But, um, but yeah, so that's, that's, so, so that's where I feel, why I feel kind of mixed about it. And, and, and again, there's other places where they do, Starlight is very powerful and very strong. And and then Elizabeth Shue's character, the 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 COO behind Vault. Now that's another person I could like just see her machinations. Sit me down for an hour for that. I'll, I'm I'm there for that as well because her character, even though it's just evil and just exposes the cynical, ugly side of corporate world. I mean, she just plays it so well. Yeah. I I 100% agree. I think Starlight is that decisive character in this show. And I was, it was kind of took me off guard because I thought it would be more Huey, but it really turned into like either sometimes you like Starlight, sometimes you don't like her, sometimes her plot point is really poignant, sometimes it falls flat. And I just can't get out of my head that that actress also played a critical character in the first season of Jessica Jones. Right. Yeah, and so it's it's really interesting how now she's on this show and and everything. But I I can't I can't not see that when I watch her. So I tend to just um it's not my favorite part of the show. And mm-hmm. Huey Huey is also a character that I'm like kind of still on the fence about because yeah. they keep doing that stupid thing where he starts breathing really deeply and then you don't know what he's going to do or like all the anxiety and the tension and i'm just like why are why do they keep doing that there there has to be a reason and i'm sure it's something that's going to be like oh my god but it just is starting to really irritate me because it's like you keep doing the same trick again and again Mm -hmm. and again Mm -hmm. but it was really I understand why the show got has gotten the hype that it got after last yeah. week, because in the first episode, when when in the first five minutes, somebody literally gets run through in yeah. that sequence was really well done. I mean, the yeah, CGI and the special effects on the show is on point. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, it is. It is. And, and I guess Robin's demise is another thing well uh, almost got i mean i know this is taken from a, a source material but it would have been why and i guess this is why is this why this show works as far as and, and points out the cynical nature is of it is you know here it is another damsel in distress female victim <laughs> and mm-hmm. and so so it, it it does like play on those old classic superhero tropes that we we've seen in the past and so that was a very startling like kickstart to the series and it and it basically set the tone for like okay here's what you guys are in for and and then as the episode progresses and I think it was maybe episode three where Huey had the little uh Funko pop of uh A Train and mm-hmm. he and he he threw it across the room and, and also another moment, spoiler alert, where the, he and A-Train after the apology, which we need to talk about the apology as well. But after the apology where he encounters A-Train in his apartment and A-Train's just sort of like, I don't know who you are. I'd see so many people and, and, and it, it, it gets to that point about celebrity culture and pop culture and, what in hero worship and how sometimes your 
your heroes can can let you down, or when you actually meet them, you realize that these people are really dicks. <laughs> it's that's the tagline for this show. You realize that, right? Never yeah. meet your heroes. Yeah, that that's what they yeah. they sold in on. Uh, why why do you want to talk about the apology? Well, I, I mean, I think I just touched on it. I mean, just the the shallowness of it, and the the the, the again the soulless corporate culture that that this this world has constructed in, in the boys and, and and also how it, 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 it reminds me of like the things we see on Twitter where some actor or politician or uh, celebrity says if I offended I am sorry mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and and that was they didn't use those words but they but they pretty much captured that sentiment because if you were truly were sorry, you wouldn't have prefaced it with the weasel words, if I offended anyone. Yeah, I mean, clearly that's scripted. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> So, yeah. I mean, even, like, in a normal day-to-day, sometimes I'll hear that and I'll be like, that, clearly you're missing the point of what an yeah. apology is or what saying you're sorry or wanting forgiveness. And clearly you don't understand what you did wrong, so I don't know why I'm talking to you anymore. Yeah, exactly. I... See, the A-Train stuff, and I agree with you, the moment in the hallway after the apology was really brilliant because even as a viewer, it caught me off guard. I'm like, I'm like, yeah, that makes sense, but still, really? (laughs) Really? (laughs) Um, but it was more everything with Homelander that, especially in the fourth episode, and the fourth episode really, is like no, this is why Billy has a problem with these heroes. There, there's clearly another story there, but no, these Homelander, there is not, there's something wrong with him, and there is, even though he he is so smart at the end of that episode, what he tells the reporters and how he plays it. And, and I mean, that's, that's what happens. Like, we see this every day with our politicians. We see this with celebrities and everything. You get to a point where you've been in this machine that you can, you understand how publicity works. You know mm-hmm. what to say, what not to say, how to twist things. Mm-hmm. And Maeve also in that whole sequence was really interesting. And I wish that they would stop focusing so much on Starlight and focus more on Maeve because because knowing yeah. that those two previously dated, he mm-hmm. also has this weird fetish for the boss. It just there, there's so much more to mine in that because yeah. at the end of the day, she also got off that plane and she she did used to date him. And what happened and why aren't they still together? And also, why does she still put up with his BS? I don't. Yeah. It's really probably because politically she would agree with him on some stuff. But yeah. it's I hope that they focus more on her in season two. Oh, yeah. Yeah. That w- I hope so, too. And and, and I think. It's, it's in the contract. I mean, as far as these folks having to get together, <laughs> you know, get along. True, true. I mean, headquarters sign off on it. The this the thing though that this show did not establish well enough for me mm-hmm. is because whenever we see the seven, quote unquote, they always seem to lose right now. <laughs> I have yet to actually see them save anybody. I'm sure there's like these random news reports every now and then, but not really. And, and so I'm just like, it's interesting how they, the writers chose not to do that world building and to focus more on like, no, we, we've, we've established who these people are. It's not about building them up as superheroes so we can rip them down. It's more like, no, from the get go, these are bad people and they have very bad motives for doing what they're doing. And, and they can self-justify so that. And I think we've talked about this on other shows. It's, or I think we even talked about it when we were talking about Thanos, um, a few years ago in infinity where it's with self-justification that really gets under your skin. And it's like, this is not a good person. <laughs> it's not, it's not a good person. And I think, but I, I don't think, I, I think the reason and 
why they don't need to show them saving everyone is because that's the facade. I mean, that's like, for example, with Starlight attacking the the two rapists in the in the parking lot, and and then at first the publicist was like just ripped her a new one for like doing that, especially when she was like in her quote unquote secret identity. And then the corporate machine was like, okay, here's how we're going to spin it. Here's how we're going to, and that scene with the two, the two creative guys, like trying to spin the story was just as, as far as what happened that night. And, and then that was just, again, just one of the things I do like about this series is just pointing out how, how, how easy it is to, to manipulate a story. And mm-hmm. to, 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 and to put it in a, a, a light that will fit into the narrative of Starlight being this hero who has saved the day once again. So, so I'm glad they're not making, I'm glad they're showing the true underbelly of like these flawed superheroes instead, because we, we know the story of DC and Marvel as far as these flawless beings. We see that all the time for the most part. And, 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 and traditional, uh, media of, of these characters. Now, obviously here recently we've seen some of the more darker elements, but overall they're still treated as goody two shoes. <laughs> it, it's, it's nice to have, I mean, before we were talking about Swamp Thing, we were talking about how it was manic. In this show, there's a lot of characters, a lot going on, yet it feels very whole because they have done a very clever thing where you have the real exploration of the the superhero underbelly. I love how you articulated that. And then on the other hand, you also have the boys, which is really has an has an R-rated Ocean's Eleven vibe to it, you know, where these random everyday people all know that the soups are up to no good. So they're they're really going about their way and trying to figure out how to tap phones and how to get in on the inside. And it, there's Ocean and they are a band of characters. So it yep. feels very Ocean's Eleven like spy Mm -hmm. um thriller going on and you know they toss in a few girls who are clearly crazy um Mm -hmm. very powerful but Mm -hmm. psycho and you know a guy's head will explode yeah (laughs) unnecessary yeah Yeah, that was uh (laughs) definitely so i loved how it was the line that got me after that as far as how it would show up on fetish uh <laughs> cam uh mm-hmm. on the internet was was fun but uh yeah that was i was like oh i didn't see that one coming <laughs> <laughs> i like how that's the viewer because the, the, during that whole sequence they keep panning back to the boys in the car and like their expressions have yeah. to match everybody else's as we're all watching yeah. this and we're like I, what yeah, yeah. <laughs> pretty much <laughs> pretty much that, so, that and the, yeah, that and the senator getting framed but <laughs> yeah I, so, I, I mean a- and I, I think that's necessary like to be juggling everything that's going on with all of these different characters and mm-hmm. clearly having their own arcs and yet you're still able to have the deep capture a dolphin and it makes sense for the plot. You still are able to have that whole weird erotic sequence happen and, um, and be like, you know what? It's, this is the show. This is the boy. Yep. But, yep. but I'm also, I don't, I'm still trying to figure out and maybe with the last four episodes, it'll come to me this next week what it is about this where I'm also not dying to watch the next one right away. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, I'm not either. I mean, I, I, I mean, I'm enjoying it and, you know, get back to our earlier discussion. This, I think I would have been okay if this was, didn't drop all at once. Me and too. It was just rolled out week as a weekly, uh, show. Yeah, I I couldn't agree more, Um, but we will finish watching it and hopefully talk about it next week and tell you, talk about how it all ends. And it is already cleared for season two, so we know that there's going to be some buildup for what's to come. All right. And a show we are definitely glad B 
because I couldn't watch this in one sitting. Um, I would forget stuff, but is dropping week to week, and there's still three episodes left, which blows my yeah. mind. I feel like yeah. so much has happened, and there's three yeah. episodes left. Yeah. So let's talk about Krypton Season 2, Episode 7 of Zod and Monsters. Doomsday. Yeah. Where to this, begin? Woo. Yeah. Well, where I want to begin is, I don't know if you picked up on this, very Captain Marvel-esque sequence occurs in this movie, in this uh, TV show, um, in this episode, because you have Zod with all of his brainwashing technology try to tap into Doomsday through his memories to manipulate him. Yeah. You've seen yeah, this I've before. Seen it before? <laughs> yes, we have. We, yes, we have. It worked, but it works just as well here as it did in the other format. <laughs> I, I agree. I mean, I liked it. I liked the the backdrop. I forgot that in season one it was explained that the Zods and the Els created, co-created Doomsday. And I remembered that. A few, it took me a little bit, but I did remember that as we were watching the flashback sequences. We find out. Much like Swamp Swamp Thing, Doomsday is a creature who had love and then through this process ends up having his love abandon him. Mm-hmm. So he he's basically a heartbroken individual, which is prime for Zod to just manipulate the shit out of. Yeah. And 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 he has the perfect tool to be able to manipulate him and the fact that it was the elves who created him. Um, if correct me if I'm wrong, uh, the Zods were in that room. Yeah, but but the Els. One of the things that really got that really sold this particular point plot point for me was the Zods were the ones who were advocating for the experiment to to, for for the Els to stop the experiment because it was so harmful to Daxbaron. Right now. It, it, which is the which you know as we talked about before is one of the strongest things about this show is those shades of gray. Not mm-hmm. everyone's the saint because it was the elves here who just kept pushing forward and pushing forward and really were the monsters in the room this time, not not the Zods. Which just further proves the theory that Val is a Cylon. <laughs> yeah, holographic. Yeah, yeah. You, hey, you called it weeks back. And here we are, the progeny of uh, Val, basically like, yeah, there, there's. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, 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 I understand what you're picking up on, and I do like that as well. I did like that twist. I couldn't help but try to think to myself, is this what actually happened, or are we already seeing this memory? After it's been tainted uh, by Zod. Like, is he already planting those seeds? Because it, good point. at the same time, because, I mean, Zods are the house of the warriors. So they're yeah, the yeah. people who will will always sacrifice their country above everything else. So for mm-hmm. that character to express that, that emotion of sorrowness, I felt like was out of character. The, the L's. On the other hand, I was not surprised that they wanted to continue and continue because when you do come from science, experimentation, you you understand, like, at the end of the day, the ends sometimes can justify the means, especially if you're right, and which they were. Like, they created this beast, they, they broke apart this man, but it was the key to ultimately win the war. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it, it, it was a very dis- – her actions were very dispassionate. It was not mm-hmm. – and it was in a very twisted way as far as from, from a humanitarian standpoint, yeah. But from a logical standpoint, as you rightly point out, it made sense. Yeah, and she did give off a little bit of that brainiac vibe, you know. I mean, you throw out the word logic, and instantly I'm like, oh. She must have some brainiac in her too. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, that man. would explain a lot. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> man, brainiac is such a backseat driver. 
That's all I thought during the first half of this episode. I'm just like, he's just chilling back there, popping in. Like, you need to go right, say. You need to go left. You need to turn this bus around. He just, and then he just starts to take over. You know, he's like, screw this. You can't drive. Let me. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm taking the wheel. <laughs> taking the wheel. Taking the wheel. And he literally does. And yep. which leads to Nissa to have to perform a surgery on the brainstem. I when I'm I am starting to get a point where I'm like, how many episodes are we going to continue to see them try to extract Mariniac from Seg? Oh, they did it. This was it. Okay, this was it. Okay, because if I if it comes up again, (laughs) this was the episode because that's why. Yeah, so they went to the Fortress of Solitude to basically use the technology there to extract Brainiac from, from SEG. So yeah, we won't, we won't be seeing that dynamic anymore unless, um, unless there's like some residual engrams or whatever from Brainiac left in SEG. But I, I, but the way this episode ended, they are, they are apart. Freaking baby snatcher. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Because this also, during this part in the fortress, we also see Nyssa decide that they need to rename Corvex. And not only does he need to have the L last name, but the Cylon um, Val or the hologram Val. The more, the more, the more interesting Val. <laughs> informs them that they also need to change his first name. And then thus, Jor-El is born. Yeah, which I think we, we speculated that this would possibly be the outcome for that child. Yeah, yeah. I mean, we didn't know how you would get there, considering he was Corvax for a long time. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But now he's Jor-El in a very tri- triumphant moment, only to five minutes later have that baby ripped um, from his parents. And Brainiac's like, you know what? My heart's broken because Seg clearly has told me that he's straight and we yep. will never get together. So I'm going to steal his son. And yep. the the true best of Krypton lies in the blood of the L. So he takes Jor-El and boy, Nyssa. Nyssa just really brought that motherless child moment. Yeah, that was a it was a. a Whenever I first, when I was watching the episode Wednesday night and Brainiac what took over the fortress and then, then ripped Jor-El away, I was like, what the, f-? yeah, <laughs> I, I was like, what the fuck moment, but I was like, I was angry. I was like, really? Y'all, y'all did this? Did you, you really? You did this to us? But, but the other thing about that moment too is Brainiac says he's going to honor his agreement with Seg. Hmm. What so, agreement? I think if I, I had to go back and look, I had to re, try to remember one of the earlier episodes this season. I think as far as Brainiac not interfering with Krypton anymore, oh. uh, if I recall. Um, but he is still. I don't know if he was going to bottle up Candor, but he did one worse. He just took the best of the the. L's and, 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 and took it. Took Jorel, which it gets to our larger point as far as with the time travel and all this other stuff and, and Adam's strangest mission of, of ultimately saving, um, Kyle-El, Superman. So if Brainiac takes Jorel to safety. Get out the whiteboard, everybody. Will's got yeah. a problem to figure out. Yeah, well, I don't, I don't have, I don't have, yeah, get it the problem. I'm just, I'm just putting things on the whiteboard right now. I don't have a solution, but <laughs> <laughs> I'm still working towards a solution as far as how this fits into the overall story, as far as what the, the basic premise of the first season was to basically preserve the line so that Kyle L could be born. I, and, I think it's more of a setup for season three. I think that because this 
this season we've talked about it like it's really fascinating and really tells you how good the writer's room the show has because they are able to balance everything going on with Zod, with Doomsday, with Brainiac all at once. And it makes sense. So I think that this was a very definitive moment where we have a a setup or a linchpin to take us into the third season where the first part of the third season is them trying to find Brainiac and Jor-El and get Jor-El back because I mean, Nissa is going to want to go right a- right ahead, but there's still war happening right now right. in Kandor right. that has yep. to get resolved. Really, they have to figure out what to do with Druzad, mm-hmm. get him back to where he was supposed to be all this time, bring back mm-hmm. Lyda. So they got some time travel stuff to work out, but... Yeah. Well, see, yeah, they have to bring back Lyda, I guess, to, for, for Druzad to be born. Okay. As Sarah's pointed out in weeks past, and for once I wasn't the one to bring that up. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> because I don't know, for this episode, I wasn't thinking about how, you know, Lida. I actually, I honestly forgot about Lida in this yeah. episode. I didn't, maybe it's because we didn't see Jaina, we didn't see Dev, but... And there were a few scenes where Lyda was brought up and her sacrifice, but I was so sucked in on learning about Doomsday, figuring out what Drew was going to do, and then everything with Brainiac that I was like, Lyda who? Lyda, yeah, yeah, you're right, you're right. So maybe, yeah, maybe she, yeah, that's that's a very good point. And and we, uh, I I think we're starting to get some more of your your seg and this is uh, shipping. Well, Speaking. if it's the mother of Jor-El, then I was right. Well, yeah. yeah, you were right. You were right. So <laughs> you got you got your ship right there. <laughs> no, and it's not like I don't like Zyda, Lyda, and that's no. that's not what I'm saying. I'm also not saying like, hey, I miss her. They don't need to bring her back. I'm not saying that at all because okay. she okay. is a fascinating character. It is just interesting how we go from two really light ahead of the episodes to this one seamless transition. And I'm not stuck on it because I've already gone through the grieving process with SAG and other things have to get done because there are only three episodes left. There's only three episodes left, but we do have the reconditioning of Doomsday by Zod, which you made a very good point earlier about that. I didn't even think that the, the visions that we are seeing, maybe that is the method he is going to, that's what we're seeing is him conditioning him to hate the elves and be able to use him to, you know, carry out his, his, his conquering goals. And, and, and that makes total sense now that, now that you, that you raised that point. Yeah, it's just is the scene taking the scenic route to get the job done. If only Drew Zod realized that in order to hate the hate the elves, you have to lock Doomsday in a room with Val, and then you would succeed. <laughs> yeah, yeah, not holographic cell, but no, oh, but yeah, yeah, yeah. Speaking, of, yeah. But, but yeah, it make a good point too as far as stories, uh, as wanted to go back to Wegthor for just a quick moment, uh, with Kim and his growth. Uh, this episode, uh, poor Adam was just kinda like, well, what about me? I'm just, I'm just here. Um, I, I have, I'm still relevant, right? Because <laughs> this, <laughs> because Adam it, who always needs to be paired up with someone so he can play that character, that um, mm-hmm. lost boy type character. I, there, there's another way to put it, but the the kid who wants to be at the top but is never given that approval. So, yeah. so they pair him up with Kim. At first, I was like, no. I miss the old Sag and Adam team up. I still do. But at, by the end of the episode, I was like, yeah, Kim and, Kim and Adam can, right, can do just fine. Just minimize the Val interaction and you have my vote. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> a 
if you guys hadn't noticed, Sarah's not a big fan of Val. <laughs> Actually, it's just the perfect punchline for me these days. I didn't mind him in this episode. It's just it's so funny to me how much trash talking of Val we do. <laughs> I yeah. don't know why. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's, yeah, but I did like the the stories there with uh, with Kim and just – you know, going from a barkeep to, to now commander and, but it was just enough of it in the episode to keep it, to remind us of what's going on at Wegthor, but didn't just detract from everything else that was going on. I mean, from the you know, iconic music being played when we, we get the unveiling of Jorel to even, you know, we always have to have Cameron do one callback to an earlier Superman actor motion or whatever with this week. It was, you know, the Superman pose with the crest of the House of L whenever he, he put on the, the the shirt with the emblem. So, you know, there's all those little nice little moments that um, that the show has really, for, for me at least, it has, has gotten me interested in Superman again as a character. Yeah. I mean, that is the saving grace of this show is that f- for so long I've been a Batman person. But in watching Krypton, Superman starts to become so much more interesting. And now I'm getting excited for Kingdom Come Superman during the next crossover with the CW shows that I do appreciate it. I mean, who knew if you take the character out of the world, he becomes that much more better. (laughs) Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. (laughs) <laughs> it, it really, it really has. And I just, I, I'm like, I really, this show has really fleshed out Superman from this very kind of boring character for me to, to such a rich world that this is how you do a good prequel. I, and I also like how they are doing what they're doing with the, the villains because they're able to really create these backstories. So if, down the lines if DC ever gets their shit together and actually pulls off good good cinematic movies, then these characters could pop up and suddenly as a viewer I'm like, oh, that's Brainiac. So cool. I know all about him. Oh, they redid the Doomsday storyline so it actually aligns with the Krypton mythos. Yay! Yay, exactly. exactly. <laughs> I was thinking about this. I'm like, man, I wonder if there's any shade here towards what Zack Snyder did with Doomsday. Oh, I think it is. It's supposed to, yeah, because the, the story here definitely lines up a lot closer to what that, what was in the comic than what, that abomination we saw in Batman v Superman. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Literally a abomination two for now. I don't yeah. It's it's and it's not even like they did it they they lit I still can't get over that trailer where it's just announces to the world the third the third act of that movie and I'm like, Really? They did that? Wow. Who whoever was in charge of that marketing campaign, they sure should get fired. Fired. Yep. So but but you're absolutely right that this show really is what I think a lot of us have needed to reinvest, to get back on board with Superman as a character, as someone who brings a lot to the table. I mean, honestly, watching this show and then in the fall watching Supergirl, I think has really is what mm-hmm. has made that Superman character that much more bigger because now we understand the history. We also mm-hmm. understand um, a lot more of the social implications around it through Supergirl. So, yep. yeah, I, I'm, i like I said before, Kingdom Come. It's coming. Yeah. It is. It is indeed. All right. Well, that's it for us today. Will, why don't you tell our listeners where they can find you? Yes, you can find me at Will M. Polk. That's W-I-L-L-M-P-O-L-K. And you can find me at Twitter at SJ Belmont, S-J-B-E-L-M-O-N-T. Please follow our crew on Twitter at Scene and Nerd. Friend us on Facebook, follow us on Instagram. But most importantly, rate, subscribe, and comment on iTunes, SoundCloud, YouTube, and Spotify. Good night, geek out. You're welcome.